Hi, it's Scott Hamilton again, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to be diving into the third season of Star Trek Discovery. If you have listened to previous podcasts about Discovery, you know I'm a fan. So if you're not, you're just going to trash this and laugh at everything I say. You could probably tune out now because I am a huge fan now. Um, just a little bit of background. The first things I remember watching on TV were moon landings and Star Trek episodes in diapers. I was born a few months before Star Trek debuted. It was on TV for three years. I know that I watched it at some point in diapers. Kind of remember that. Um, and of course, it was in reruns throughout the 70s on Atlanta. Uh, Channel 17, was it? TBS? Before it was TBS? Anyway, um, I've had a lifelong love affair with Star Trek. I've always liked it. And I like Star Wars just as much and, and other geek things. But Star Trek, something I watched with my dad. It was a big deal. Um, we all went to the opening night of Star Trek The Motion Picture in 1979. I remember being enthralled with it because I had already read the comic book and the novelization. I remember most of the parents sleeping during half the movie because... Let's be honest, Star Trek The Next Generation, or Star Trek The Motion Picture is kind of a snooze, but it was nice to see the Enterprise and all those characters up on the big screen, William Shatner's new weave or whatever, um, that kind of thing. And then I went to see every Star Trek movie in the theater. Star Trek Two was great. Three was okay. Four was great. Five was okay. Six was great, oh, and so forth. I was a huge fan of Next Generation. I thought they did well. I've rewatched Next Generation years later and thought it's not quite as good as I remembered it, but the the idea is there. They executed it better by like the third season. I thought it was really cooking. Third and fourth seasons were really great. Last season's okay. Um, but next gen would be my, I mean, I like the original because I've seen those episodes so many times and I grew up with them. And they look amazing on the remastered Blu-rays, by the way. And next gen... I thought was a better version of Star Trek. I think it's closer to what Gene Roddenberry originally wanted. And then I did watch some of the other series. I watched most of Deep Space Nine, but I checked out a couple years in because I just thought it was kind of boring. Um, it had some great episodes, but overall, not my cup of tea. Um, Voyager, Enterprise, I watched them. Well, I watched Voyager quite a bit. Never really developed a huge attachment to it, but it... To me, it was like next generation done modern. It was fine. You know, it was a good version of Star Trek and it's entertaining to watch. Enterprise just didn't, I don't know, maybe a couple of the actors, I, I don't know why, but Enterprise was just okay. It just never really resonated with me. And then came the J.J. Abrams movies, which I love. I, I don't like remakes as a rule, but some are great. I don't like reimaginings, but... Some are great, and I think what J.J. Abrams and the team did with Star Trek uh, in the motion pictures is fantastic. I've rewatched Star Trek recently and just was blown away by how it sucks you in from the first scenes. He did such an amazing job with that film. Second one was good. Third one wasn't quite up to par, but still really good Star Trek movie. Those are now separate in the canon, like Discovery doesn't exist in that universe, so I'm fine with that. And if they keep the motion picture separate and do bigger and, and more epic things that they can't do on TV, I'm fine with that. That all being said, now that I'm three years into Discovery, I wouldn't mind seeing a big screen edition of this show, but I think it works better as a TV show. It, that's what Star Trek always was. It was episodic TV where each week 
through the progressive lens, and, and people made such a big deal about Discovery having a female lead, a minority lead, a lot of gay, lesbian, trans characters and things like that. But Star Trek was always that. The first interracial kiss on North American TV was Uhura and Kirk forced by a god, you know, but um, that was the first interracial kiss that was shown on TV. And that was a huge deal in the 60s. Huge. And having, you know, uh, um, different people of different ethnicities on the bridge. Gene Roddenberry worked so hard to make Star Trek a reflection of modern society or what he thought it should be. You've got a guy, Chekhov is from Russia, and Sulu is, is Asian, and Uhura is, you know, he had, and we had a Vulcan, and we met other aliens, and he was just, you know, it was progressive from day one. So for anybody saying Star Trek Discovery's gone too far into the woke culture, anything stupid like that, Star Trek has always been that. It's always been one to include everybody and everything that's going on in modern times and using that to create relatable stories. The original series had some great science fiction writers writing some great stories that would have made great books, and there were great books and other things. And with Star Trek Discovery, I've read a little background now. You know, Brian Fuller, the showrunner, um, when he first created this, he cut his teeth on Star Trek Voyager and Deep Space Nine. His first scripts that were ever filmed, that's where he started. And he's made shows like Pushing Daisies and things like that. He's made some really great TV shows, Hannibal. Um, but he signed on to be the showrunner for the first season. And by the end of the season, he was kind of out. And he's come back to help produce and things like that. Alex Kurtzman who wrote the first two Star Trek films, uh, is now a showrunner on Discovery. They brought in a lot of people who have worked on Star Trek shows and Star Trek, you know. And they said from the get-go that this will be separate from the films, but will be kind of in the same universe as the old shows, you know, a little bit. So for those that have heard my review or watched themselves, the first season of Discovery reinvents the Klingons, kind of, and takes place 10 years before the original series. And so we get to see some different things. And it's the first series where we're not focusing on a captain. Um, she was actually a criminal at the beginning, and they have to use her for a particular mission. And then she becomes a first officer, a science officer, uh, then a first officer, and then she gets demoted again. And then, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to talk about too many spoilers. You need to watch Discovery because the last two episodes are pretty much like a movie, just epic. I don't usually edit these things, but I, you could tell I was losing my voice there, so I had to take a couple sips of iced tea and then get back to it. But what I was going to say is what I really liked about the first two seasons of Star Trek, I, I took a chance on the very first season of Discovery. I had read some good things. I read some of the negative things, too, and I'm like, well... Um, for once, Best Buy didn't sell out of their exclusive steel books, and they weren't going to release it in 4K anyway. So I was like, well, I'll take a chance. I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and I've got almost everything, you know, so why not? And I absolutely love the first season. Uh, is it pure Trek? No. But does it retain everything about Trek? Yes. And it felt like it really, and the same thing with the second season, although they changed things. I mean, obviously it's different timelines and they did some different things with the Klingons, their cannibals. And I mentioned that in my review of that season. Um, the second season takes some liberties with some timeline stuff too, with Spock and all that kind of stuff. But I'm fine with that because this is a different thing. And I read that they, as I mentioned earlier, they're going to keep the TV show separate from whatever they do in the movies, which I think they can coexist and be different things. I'm completely fine with that. The movies are a totally separate thing, and that's great. 
But the first two seasons of Trek, to me, felt like Trek more so than most of the series that came after Next Gen. Uh, The shows that came after Next Gen were pretty much just retreading the ground that Next Gen had trotted, had created, the path that they created. Because I remember when Next Gen was first coming out, Gene Roddenberry said, you know, we're trying to do the things that we couldn't always do there in the 60s. You know, not just special effects wise and things like that, but, you know, with people and characters and storylines and stuff. And, And I know Roddenberry gave orders to keep conflict on the ship out of it so after he passed you started seeing more of that in some of the shows and discovery takes full license of okay we're we're years beyond all those other star treks we need to make a star trek for the current generation and i feel they have and kept the traditions alive and and the ideals that were originally set in the original show a lot of the episodes feel like you know, if you take away the modern special effects and things like that, still feel like they could have been stories on the original Trek. A lot of great writers worked on that show back in the late 60s. A lot of big science fiction writers worked on that show. And and it shows when you watch some of the episodes. They never, well, maybe for one or two, but they never really devolved into what like Lost in Space did at the end with talking carrots and things like that. They never jumped the shark that bad. And Discovery has not done that either. Uh, Discovery is mostly serious, mostly dramatic. And I thought the third season does a better job at integrating some of the drama, some of the behind the scenes stuff, what the characters are going through, integrated that a little bit better in the story. Because in the first season and, and sometimes in the middle of the second season, it felt like they stopped down to do this dramatic stuff. And it's like, yeah, but you're still you know, an exploration science fiction show. Yes, the human interaction is what makes it worth watching, but, you know, let's not spend an entire episode with nothing else happening but two people, you know, figuring things, you know. But that being said, I can't think of any episodes that I disliked. And the third season, to me, is the strongest one yet. It's it's just very exciting. Um, the special effects and the action or cinematic quality of that level Um, You may not like every character, but I got to say, in most of the series, I haven't liked every character on those either. Um, And I think I've grown to like just about every character on this show. Um, They did introduce a child, and I was hoping, (laughs) a teenager, I was hoping it wasn't going to turn into a Wesley Crusher kind of thing, and it hasn't. They've had a different uh, slant (laughs) to take with that character. And it's made sense, and it fits in, but I understand in the fourth season this character is going to become a regular part of the show. Okay, but let's still, let's not get up to a shut-up Wesley moment or anything like that. Other than that, that would be pretty much, that's not a negative, but that would be the closest thing to a negative. I thoroughly enjoyed the third season. It Jumping 900 years into the future allows them to not worry about mucking up the timeline or changing anything that happened in the original shows or anything and they can do what they want and and kind of expand on the ideals of trek and they're kind of rebuilding the federation and it's very exciting you know i guess enterprise tried some of these things but this is kind of different because you know this is beyond anything and another thing that i really like about the third season is when they show this future tech it really feels like future tech Sometimes in science fiction shows these days, they show some future tech, and we're going to have it next year. We're going to have it in the next five years. There's some things in this that, like, uh, scientists are going to have to figure out how that's going to happen, and we're probably 100 years away from that kind of stuff. We'll see. But, uh, like, again, I'm not getting into spoilers, but how they control the ships in the in the. 31st century or whatever you know it's it's just a different ball game and at one point in the show they kind of have to turn things back to the way the ship originally rocked and and worked and the the crew's very happy about that of course 
but the humor is good. The stories are good. The the, the plot twist, most of them you don't see coming. It's just, it's, it feels like a fresh trek like none of them have because, again, it's they're in a wide open space where they can do anything. And if they keep in mind the ideals and the and the responsibilities that was kind of kind of baked into Trek originally by its creator, I, I think it's satisfying all that stuff. And I, if you watch the first season and didn't get into it because uh, the Klingons are cannibals, come on, or uh, the second season, but that's not Spock. Um, give it another chance. Watch it. I just think the three sh- the three seasons work well together, building the arc of Michael Burnham and some of the other characters, and where it's going. I've seen the trailers for season four. I'm very excited about where it's going. Uh, there's a lot of we need to work on this together and and that's even going back to the foundation of what Star Trek was all about these people from all different backgrounds and all different ethnicities and they're working together to solve these problems that that that's I didn't watch Star Trek for the spaceship of the week or the monster of the week or the Gorn fight or any of that I watched it because I like these crew members and I like them figuring out how to survive figuring out how to save somebody figuring out how to save the planet that that Watching it as an older person now it is more what I get out of the show than the slam bang. Ooh, look, phasers. Um, sure, not every episode works in the original series. Not every episode works in all of the series that have come after. But they've kept these series down to, what, 13 episodes or whatever. I just think it's short, concise. The episodes are good. They don't waste too much time. They stay on target. There is an overarching story for the entire season, but there are individual stories that go along with it. I don't know how many other good things I can say about Star Trek Discovery, especially in its third season. It's different, but it's it's not one that I ever felt like turning off. Matter of fact, for the first time in many years, I was dying to watch the next episode when it was over, and I try not to binge watch short shows because it'll be over really quick. So I'm not saying you got to run right out and buy it. Maybe you're on uh, Paramount Plus, whatever they're calling the streaming service uh, the, these days. Maybe you can watch it that way. Uh, it'll probably be on, I know in other countries, it's on Netflix. Um, however you can watch it, give it a shot. If you've ever been a Star Trek fan, I think this is the best of Trek put in a modern uh, vernacular, a modern context. And it works for me. may not work for everybody, but I love it and can't wait for the fourth season. Scott Hamilton. I'm The Rock File. My website is therockfile.com. Yes, I'm a nerd and a geek, but, you know, (laughs) I'll take that. These days, that's not the bad thing it was when I was growing up anyway. Check out my website for links to other things. Got a stack of podcasts on the way. Thank you for your patience waiting for these. And thank you very much for sharing, liking, subscribing, and listening. Have a spectacular day. Mm -hmm.